know what annoying me right now is that you found like this nice, cool T.I. song. But the song that you put me up on, I can't even fucking get out of my head. And I think it's horrible. So, <laughs> yo, Frank, Frank told me about this song called Throat Baby, right? Throat Baby is, and you know what's funny? It's not even you who told me about it originally. I've heard people talk about it. I've heard girls talk about it like they really love the song. And I'm like, okay. So I stopped and listened to it. And this nigga like, sexy little bitch, sexy little hoe. <laughs> I love the way you walk. I love the way you talk. Throw baby. Dude, I bullshit you not. I saw a video of a dude in prison doing a TikTok dance to <laughs> that song. When I say that had me rolling on the ground, so much was wrong with that video. Bro, the, the lyrics is sexy little bitch, sexy little hoe. I love the way you walk. I love the way you talk. Let a young nigga come play in your throat. <laughs> These strokes in your throat till I make you choke. Throat baby. Prison is no place to TikTok dance to that song. To choking on somebody dick. <laughs> Sir. And this dude on TikTok, slow winding, and his bunkmate is leaning on the bed just watching him. <laughs> whoa, whoa. <laughs> he all in the camera. Hey, y'all should see Frank doing the TikTok <laughs> dance right now. This shit, <laughs> this shit is hilarious. Like, bro, you, th that is not the place, nor the time. Granted, I understand you got a lot of time on your hands, but that ain't the time. It's not the time to be learning TikTok dances and slow grinding in front of your, <laughs> your bunk mate. Your, your celly. <laughs> hey, hey, I want to judge the song, but... Dog, we had songs back in our day that we were skeeting from the windows to the walls till the sweat dropped down our balls. <laughs> I can't even judge the song. Even though the fact, this is what bothers me about this particular song, is the fact that he's singing it like it's a fucking love song. Like, this is his 20, this is his 21 questions. Like, Yeah, I think that's my beef with it, too. I mean, it's a disrespectful song, but it's, it's the way he's singing the song. It should come, it's coming off like a love song. And it's like, like, okay, well, there's disrespectful songs and there's love songs. I don't think you should conflate the two. He told the girl, I want to come play in your throat. <laughs> I was like, what? Then he called the throat baby. Like, that don't even sound like it should be flattering. But the women love it, so I guess he's doing something. No, right. the throat babies? He's talking about, he says, the throw babies. I'm trying to give them to you. That's he's what he's to, saying. He's he trying to nut in the throat. That's what he's saying. <laughs> Bro, I had Fuck, to I'm old. You went to Lyric Genius? I mean, I did what I had to do. What is Rap Genius? Whatever that website is called, where they explain the lyrics. Regardless, I've listened to this song too much for me to even, like, I shouldn't even care. Like, I don't even really like the song. But the whole time I'm listening to the song, I'm laughing. Like, dog, it's people really, really bumping this song. Crazy thing was, I went to Publix earlier, and a girl hummed the, the hummed the throw baby. She was like, hmm, and the bad <laughs> part is, I picked it up, and I laughed so hard. And imagine me trying to laugh with all the CO2 getting caught up in my mask. I'm about to hyperventilate. <laughs> There's a few songs that's out that I thought I wouldn't be a fan of, but I actually like them. 
Throw Baby ain't one of them. Have you heard a whole lot of choppers? How it go? They want to see me do my dance in these thousand dollar pants. Yeah. Don't disrespect. You know? <laughs> I would never listen to that anywhere else, but it's on Instagram and TikTok enough. <clears throat> a whole lot of choppers on your head. <laughs> they got a remix with Nicki Minaj. I heard it on the radio. I didn't feel like plugging up my phone to, to, to my radio, so I just let the radio play, and it came on. And I was like, okay, cool. You know that's not me. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't do that. Just No, nah, every now and then I let the radio play just to see what new Drake song they got. Nah, see, cool thing is about, about Tidal and, and Apple Music is they going to already tell me what the new Drake song is. They're going to be like, hey, new Drake, drop. That's how you do it. You know, I, I never check the new releases. Never. Only time I find out Beyonce dropped an album is when Twitter tells me. Nah, usually... Usually, title will give me an alert. New album just dropped. If it's like somebody who they know I listen to enough, they'll drop it right there. New album just dropped. Stop and listen. Oh, that's pretty dope. But yeah, man, I I, I fucking blame you for the throat baby song. Don't blame me. I'm, Don't I, blame me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, trash ass is. song. That song is so fucking trash. But. I'm pretty sure there was a trash ass song in our generation that we absolutely loved. But I'm pretty sure if we listen back to it now, it's like, oh man, this song is fucking horrible. You ready? Oh, you thought about it. I already got one for you. Okay, go. Hey, how you doing, little mama? Let me No, me hell nah. You tripping. That song was hard. I'm sorry. No, no, no. You thinking the concept of whispering a song is hard, but the actual song isn't hard. Because you know what the real point of that song is? Wait till you see my dick. Hey, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> That's the actual point of the song. I forgot that was the punchline of the it's hook. A, it's a grown-ass nigga whispering to a girl in the middle of a club talking about, wait till you see my dick. Hey, bitch. Wait till you see my dick. <laughs> no, I don't take that back. You're absolutely right. Damn, I forgot. I can't judge these young kids no more, man. Cause we had oh. crazy songs. A while ago. I was at Club 11. It was me, my brother, and a couple of homeboys. They was having a party there. They had, like, this sky deck or whatever. And it was, we, they was throwing a party. And Yin Yang Twins was set to perform at said party. So at first, I'm like, I mean, the party was live. Like, the, the DJ was dope, had a lot of people. Uh, the vibe was nice. And then Yin Yang Twins came out, and I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, okay, this is cool, but I'm like, don't these niggas got like maybe four songs like this? The fuck they gonna sing after that? And you sleep on Yin Yang Twins? Yin Yang Twins got some jams though. Bruh, I wasn't asleep, I was in a coma. Fam, when I said they turned that shit up, it was like song after song after song. I was like, damn, I didn't even know these niggas. I didn't remember them having this many hits. Them niggas had a lot of hits, and they kept that shit going. That was probably one of the best parties I've been to in a while. They hit you with that three six nine. And then again, these dudes was out during the crunk era, so everything they played was just turn the club up. Yeah, even the whisper song. You know what's funny? You never know how much you knew a song until you hear it after a long time, and you realize I still know all the lyrics to the song. Like somewhere in my mind is red. Like it's. A whole slot of just lyrics just sitting back there waiting to be pulled out. And you know, it's funny, like those lyrics that's waiting to be pulled out, 
let's say if I were to call out one of those songs now, you wouldn't know it. It could probably be like Jay-Z, Girls, Girls, Girl. I'd say, hey, Marvin, spit the first verse. You couldn't do it. If I were to play the beat, oh, I probably could spit the whole thing. It'll come back to you just like that. Even though I feel like you tried me with the Jay-Z thing. I know I know that's a song you would probably know off the top of your head. <laughs> Not you know what funny with with girls, 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 I'm mixing even as you said it, I wanted to start, but I'm mixing the first verse and the second verse. Now that I'm thinking about it, I'm thinking about the beat for the remix. And I wanna actually I wanna play it now. I'm not a one girl guy. That's that classic. What y'all know about that? That's that remix. <laughs> I know about that. Shorty's a narcoleptic, always sleeping on hove. Had to tie a hit, had to tie it with her hair in a knot like Deuce Bigelow. Yeah. Love that line. I mean, you 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 fumbled. I butchered it. Line. Yeah. I mean, don't put that in the show. <laughs> no. Knowing you, you don't this, put it in the show. Oh, this is all going in. I know it is. <laughs> I'm about to hit I you mean, with a you already know where we're going now. Hey Frank, you ready to chop it up? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, let's do it. All right, ladies and gentlemen, and all those in between and outside of those constructs, welcome to another episode of the Samurai Professionals Podcast, episode 2024. It's the Kobe episode. I knew you was going to say that. I was like, let me see if you say it. First of all, don't be disrespectful. I wouldn't finish. I'm not being disrespectful. It's the Kobe episode. No, no. It's the Kobe episode, Mamba Forever. (laughs) So what was episode eight? Damn, we still doing this? How we are we gonna put this one out? That's what's episode eight. <laughs> <laughs> episode eight was, hey, are we ready to? Is this the one we gonna find? Is this the week we gonna drop? Finally, we gonna drop all oh, the episodes. Yeah, we didn't. Yeah, we didn't drop till we had like eight or nine in the tuck, right? We didn't drop until episode nine. Episode nine was the official drop date, and we dropped everything else. I'm your host Marvin, and the man to the right of me can only be. Frank, let's chop it up. See, when I get the new mic, we ain't gonna have these issues. Hey, man. Hey, real Hey, y'all hear that? We up here trying to step our little audio quality game up. We're doing what we can for the listeners. Speaking of listening to each other, you know, and audio and stuff, the other day when me and you were talking about, you know, what it was we were gonna talk about on the podcast and everything, just, you know, throwing around ideas, we just behind the scenes, guys, we normally. What we talk about on the podcast, we don't actually talk about on the phone with each other. We'll say, hey, I want to talk about this topic or that's it. Or I'll, or Frank will send me a tweet and say, hey, we got to chop this up. We try yeah, our best to have, person. right. We try our best to have the actual conversation about the topics right here on the podcast. Keep it real and authentic so that we're not like coming up with a whole bunch of shit prior to. But Yeah, and we're not trying to, uh, we don't want to remove the... Uh, the reaction before it happens. Exactly. Yeah, we want to keep it organic. So the other day we were on the phone and Frank got out of the car to, you know, handle some business. And I heard Frank put on his professional voice. He was like, good afternoon. How are you? He was making sure he hit all the letters in the words. Um, (laughs) Lord knows I don't do that on this podcast. (laughs) Which you shouldn't. But uh, we were talking... And he got back in the car and I was like, oh boy, I heard you put your professional voice on. You was out there, you know, talking to who, whatever, uh, Tom or, or Robert or whoever it was you was talking to. Yeah, you're close. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <You're> close. <laughs> <laughs> he sounded like a Tom or a Robert, but, uh, or Richard. Uh, <laughs> but 
Richard Lawson. Richard Lawson. That's one of the best Tay Diggs moments. But we'll talk about. I was, about to say, I was looking at you. Like, well, did, did he catch what I did? There? Okay. Come on, now. come on now. I know my black cinema. <laughs> that was a good uh, movie. Underrated, underrated black movie. Everybody, if you get a chance, watch Brown Sugar. They ain't paying us. We just wanted to say that. No, but um, if it's good, I, I see nothing wrong with promoting it. If you genuinely like something, tell the world. Somebody did good work. It's cool to give them a pat on the back in public. 100%. So when Frank got back in the car, uh, we were like, I was like, boy, you you know, you you put your professional voice on. You was right out there. He was like, yeah, a little cold switching, doing what we do. And, and we both had, we both mentioned like, yo, you know, it's weird that cold switching has a negative connotation, even though everyone does it. You know what I mean? Even, even the, when they start throwing around, oh, you talking white, even white people don't talk the same around, you know, in the world, in their professional life that they would talk behind closed doors with their friends. Right. Because so, behind closed doors, they say nigga with the hearty R. Whew. Hey. You know what the biggest, you know what my biggest eye-opening moment was my very first concert where I'm, I'm, I went to a Jay-Z concert and Jigga came on. I know that song. So it's, I'm standing there, Jigga, what's my motherfucking name? Jigga. And when I'm telling you, it's white, because if you ever go to a, any mainstream concert, mainstream artist, you think it's hip hop. So you think you're going to see a lot more black people. It is a majority white people in these functions. I know. That's why Wayne said he don't believe in uh, racism because he sees all the white people at his shows. Remember? Anyway, <laughs> anyway, that, um, I'm Jigga. What's my motherfucking name? Jigga. And who I'm rolling with, huh? White dude, loud as fuck. My nigga. I, yo, I turn around like, you good? <laughs> like, you good? Like, what What the fuck? Hey, and no matter what, now, whenever I'm out and I'm at, like, a hip-hop, I always, whenever the N-word is around or about to drop, I always look the white person, whoever I'm closest to, dead in the eye. Like, dare you. Say it. <laughs> Say it. You would think after all this time, they'll get it. Like, all right, this we it's probably best if i just not say anything when this word comes on no matter how much i like the song but no nah, that doesn't happen now does it it don't it don't but like we were saying you know when you're amongst your people like with you and me like we have we've known each other 20 plus years there's a certain shorthand that me and you have a little jargon that we may have jokes that me and you may make that only you and me may get we right. may speak a certain way that other people won't normally understand what it is that we're saying. When I'm at work, I'm going to put on, you know, I'm going to have the, my professional voice on good afternoon. This is Marvin. Da, 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 da. I'm going to have a, I'm going to, but you notice that. even when we do that, we kind of lose our accents too. Have you noticed that? You do. I, yeah. You do. I know. I know I have an accent. It, actually, I learned I had an accent a few years ago. For the longest, I thought I didn't have an accent. I thought I talked normal as hell until I got around people who wasn't from where I was from. And they called me. They was like, nah, you sound funny when you talk. And then I started paying more attention to hearing myself speak. And I was like, holy shit, I do have an accent. You know what it was for me? But when I wake we code up switch, it goes away. Exactly. You know what it was for me? My wake up call happened very early on in my life. I was at a private school where I was majority, 
I was the black population in my private school, me and the four people who came in my car, we were the black population of that school. So I went from this private school in Miami Springs, my mom plucked me out of that and put me in public school in the middle of Liberty City. And now I'm the kid people talking about, oh, you talk white. And I'm like, well, I mean, well, the school I went to, I, I was the most, I was the most hip person there. I, what do you mean? <laughs> like, so my wake up call happened kind of early. And I was like, wow, maybe I don't, maybe I sound different. Now, when I was younger, I might've been ashamed of maybe the way I sounded before, but I learned, you know, I learned my slang over time, you know, growing up with y'all getting, you know, you get, for me now, looking back, not even now, as I got older, probably even going into high school, I knew it was the biggest benefit for me because I knew how to move in different circles. Like I could talk a certain way here. I could talk a certain way there. And to me, it's not you being fake. I'm just more comfortable talking a certain way to Frank than I would be talking in, in a professional environment. I think it's a skill being able to adapt in whatever environment that you're in. The same way you talk to your friends on the basketball court when you're trash talking or whatever, is not the same way you talk or conduct yourself in a business meeting. The same way, you know, you conduct yourself at church and the same way you conduct yourself at Club Live. You got to know how to adapt to your environment. And I think that's a skill that'll take you far if you know how to do so. If you know how to adapt to, to whatever environment you're in, the people around you are be, will be more comfortable. The people around you will be more receptive to you. And you're able to get the best out of people in your vicinity if you're able to do that. Now, if you're quote unquote real and you're only one way in every single environment, for the most part, you're going to come off abrasive in the majority of the situations that you're in. Some people are going to feel uncomfortable because they feel they're going to have to bend to the will of your personality. A lot of people aren't very comfortable doing so. And in return, you're probably going to get shunned. You're probably going to get forced out in one way or another. You're probably going to end up with a lot more headaches in that situation that you, than you would want. So being able to adapt would definitely help you in those scenarios. But here, here's a question. Should we have to adapt just because, hey, I'm around this certain group of people? Are we conforming? Like, are we not having pride in the way we normally speak? Or is this just, we are different people. We all wear different hats when we're out in the world. That's, that's my question. When you say conform, that has a negative connotation to it. I wouldn't take it as conforming. I don't see it as a negative. Um, if you were to, again, the same way we talk to each other. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily talk to the people that I work with like this. I work with a whole bunch of older white guys. I can't talk to them the same way I talk to you. We don't have, me and the people I work with, we don't have that type of rapport. We don't, we're not from the same place. You haven't, you haven't developed that shorthand conversation. Right, we haven't right. developed that. Um, but that doesn't mean that I can't be myself when I speak to them. You see a version of myself that we're both comfortable with because this is our, how we connect is, is it's a shared experience. So we're on the same, <laughs> we're on the same plane with this. But um, when I'm in that different environment, when I'm in the professional environment, 
it's it's a different it's a different plane so i meet them there or they meet or since i know where they're able to travel when it comes to connecting no i hear you i i'll allow them to meet me there we have that we have that area where we connect on and that's that um and I don't think that's, you know, some people see it as being fake or whatever. I don't see it that way. Um, I just see it as adjusting to your environment. I don't know how else to say it. I, I agree with you. I just asked a I mean, even that I'm sure would be asked. Right. Even when it comes to something as, I'm not going to say as simple because we all know when dealing with the opposite sexes, things can be very complicated. But something as simple as talking to a girl, you're not going to talk. No smart man is going to talk to a girl the same way he talks to his homeboys, especially when he first meets her. Even after, I guarantee you, you don't talk to your that's wife. That's why I said, no, no. That's why I said no smart man. Cause there's some dudes <laughs> who be like, you know, sex little bitch, sex little, you can't do that. Well, that guy can do that and it worked for him, but most guys can't do that. So you don't walk up to your wife and be like, Hey, let me play in your throat. Hell no. <laughs> Hell no, nah, man. I agree with you. I, I, I've heard this said around the way. I'm not ashamed of, you know, talking to you and be like, hey, I'm finna go to the store and stuff like, because finna is not a word. We get that. We get that. But I might not, I'm definitely not going to use it in a professional space. What makes finna not a word? Because it's not in a dictionary? It's a word, but it's not recognized in the dictionary. Because when you say finna, you're communicating something. And I believe that gives it the right to be a word. I, okay, I'm with you on that. It's a slang word. Yeah, okay, let's not, say that. It's not, it's a word that won't be recognized by everyone. Exactly. Like, here's, here's an example. Most of the reason why episode one of the, everybody, we all know, we've spoken about that episode one never made a release, right? And most of it is, it was bad audio, but most of all, it was, it was a lot of homeboy talk and jargon and shorthand that we, me and you have developed knowing each other for years that even when I went to listen back to it and edit it, I was like, nigga, I don't even know what the fuck we talking about. <laughs> Cause it had been days since I heard it. It had been days since we had the conversation since we recorded. So even listening back, I'm like half of this, I don't even know what to keep. Cause I don't even know what we're trying to say. Yeah. You had at that point while you're editing, you have your listener ears on instead of your, frank homeboy's ears on if you had your frank homeboy's ears on then it's like okay i know what we're talking about and where the conversation's going but if you put yourself in the shoes of somebody who don't really know us even if they know us but they don't understand how we communicate and you play it for them yeah it's gonna come out crazy like okay i don't understand not a damn thing like i could clearly understand the words you're saying but this conversation doesn't connect with me at all Exactly. That's why when you use the when you use the analogy of I meet them in the same playing field where we both can meet each other. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's that's what I take. That's why when I go, I use my professional voice when I'm at work. I use my professional talk because right here is where we all can meet. Now, even after working with a certain group of people for a long time, you'll start to see that fade away where if y'all are like in an office together, you'll hear it switch off. Whether no matter what, no matter what race you are, you'll even whether you're black, white, Hispanic, whatever, Latinx, whatever, whatever you are, you'll hear it turn off and you can hear their true self as they become more comfortable with you. And that's just is what it is. Like we're all just, we're all just, we're meeting each other in a certain space that everyone can 
completely understand and communicate properly. Because like you said, finna is a word. I'm communicating to you and you totally understand. But I may say finna to somebody else and they're going to be like, excuse me, say what? You know what annoys me though? If you ever come across someone that understands what you're saying when you use words like finna or whatever, and they they take it upon themselves to correct you. In a teachable moment, like, excuse me, what did you say? Hmm? Bitch, you know what the fuck I meant. So... <laughs> you know what the fuck I you, said. Yeah, if you knew what the fuck I meant, why are we having this conversation? Like, I don't have to say going to with you. This isn't a job interview or some bullshit. You know what the fuck I mean? You're from Liberty City, too. <laughs> but they be trying to, like... Oh, you know, don't don't talk like that around. And that's my thing. If you're ashamed of how you talk outside of there, that's on you. Don't put that on me. You know what I mean? Don't put that on me. What you carry around and how you feel about how you speak, that's on you. But I can do this. Like I like Jay said, show them how to move in a room full of vultures. Like I can maneuver between a bunch of different worlds and be just fine. Yeah, same here. Meet them where they're where they're comfortable. And if you can do that, and like you said, if you could do that in a bunch of different rooms, you end up being the most popular guy in a place. Because not everybody can do that. If, when people feel they can't meet somebody where they're comfortable, then they stay worlds apart. But if you could bridge those gaps, that's, and that's a tool that I've, that's when I learned, when I was in college, that was a tool that I had that I didn't really know how to use until I was forced to use it in college by going to events where I didn't know many people and I was forced to meet people where they were comfortable. Because again, they didn't know me. They had no business talking to me. I was the one trying to make these connections and figure out you know, what I wanted to do with myself and how can I become a professional in the construction or architecture world? So I had to go meet them where they were comfortable. And so it was me engaging in these conversations. It was me initiating these conversations and so forth. And when I got comfortable doing that, and I, and again, with just about everything else, and like practice makes perfect, the more I did it, the more I got better. And when I got good at it, I was, that's when I realized like, holy shit, like now I see, you know, I see, I see things moving. I see, I could see like the pieces on my chessboard. I can see them moving in the right direction. I was making the right moves. I was talking to the right people. Once I learned, okay, I can't talk to them. Like I talk to my friends. I have to, I have to meet them where they're comfortable. So it's not a bad thing. If you know how to do that, it's a, it's a skill that can take you very far. Don't be, handcuffed to your environment and how you do things because you're comfortable. Learn to learn to get comfortable being uncomfortable. And part of that is talking to people that you don't normally talk to and probably speaking in manners you don't normally speak in. I'm with you. I'm with you. Hey, that's the professional part of Samurai Professionals. <laughs> Xbox and PlayStation 5 both launched their new consoles this week. And it's been crazy like this this playstation 5 launch has felt like like jordan's on a saturday drop like it's been it's been crazy trying to get this playstation 5 what about xbox are they are can you go to a store and pick one up i'm sure they i'm sure they're in high demand i'm not sure about that i'm not in the in the market for an xbox um but i feel like i feel like the xbox had a little less hype 
than it should have had. And I think their biggest mistake is they didn't have a launch title. Like PlayStation has the Spider-Man Miles Morales coming out, right? And that was what they, as much as they're pushing the PlayStation and all the the new graphics and everything that is coming out, that Miles Morales is driving a lot of interest. Like that Spider-Man is driving a lot of interest. I feel like if Xbox had dropped maybe like one of their, like maybe a Halo was coming out as their like their launch title, I think it would be a lot more out here in the atmosphere. But like this, the PS5 is like, I, I just hear a lot more buzz about the PS5. Maybe that's because I'm just in the PS5 world, but like, Yo, I knew when the PS5 was dropping on this website. I knew when the PS Drive was dropping on this next website. I And they had links. Like, there were people who were putting out the links. Hey, remember this drop at 1 a.m. This drop at 12 a.m. It's going to drop on Walmart at 12, at 3, at 6, at 9. Like, it was on some, like, real crazy shit. Right now, the, the PlayStation is going on eBay for $1,400. That's crazy. But... I think you made a very good point, and I believe you're on the money with what you're saying about the launch title. I think part of what makes PlayStation as popular as it is, is because they have a bunch of exclusive games that are really, really good. I mean, you have the Uncharted series. You Now you have Spider-Man, which is, I want to say Spider-Man is damn near the top selling game for PlayStation, period. They just brought back God of War and they rebooted it in a, a tremendous oh. way. I know you, you've been playing it. It's my favorite game. I've, God of War is my favorite game I've ever played. Like, it's one of the most beautiful games to play. And I mean, story-wise, the story is great. Gameplay, I mean, they just knocked it out of the park. And this, the new one that came out for PlayStation 4, and again, the timing of everything is... Their timing when releasing God of War has always been great. And they've always released a new one at the end, end of, the end of the life cycle of one console. And then they release another one at the beginning, um, at the beginning life cycle of the very next console. So I believe the first God of War came out towards the end of the PlayStation 2's life cycle. And then God of War 2 and 3 came out during, you know, PlayStation 3's life cycle. So now PlayStation 4 comes out, you don't hear nothing about God of War. I think PlayStation 4 has been around roughly for, I want to say, five to seven years, something like that. And then now towards the end of its life cycle, they put out God of War. And one of the reasons why I feel the timing is so great when they do that, towards the end of a system's life cycle, these developers, through trial and error and, and through watching what their competition does, you really get to see the limits of the console. So when you put out a game towards the end of its life cycle, you're maximizing everything. You're max, yeah, you're maximizing everything. And then on top of that, while now that Sony Santa Monica is it's, it's exclusive, they get a, a head start on developing the game on the next uh, console. So there was a lot of things that the God of War team wanted to do for the game but they just couldn't quite do it yet on the PlayStation 4 because it wasn't strong enough. So now that all this information on the the software and, the and graphics, its processing and speed that. and graphics and all that that it's able to do, now you know for the next game that's coming out, which is coming out next year, 
we don't know. I'm assuming it's coming out next holiday season, so probably a year from today or this time of year. You know they're going to hit the ground running. Like, that game is going to be probably the top-selling PlayStation game, and it's going to be the top PlayStation game for a while. And that's another thing that people are were, were excited about during the PlayStation's launch. Again, back to what I was saying at the very beginning. The reason I feel PlayStation... <laughs> is doing much better than Xbox because they have a lot of exclusive titles. As you can see, me and Marvin were very passionate about that one particular game, but PlayStation has a bunch of these. And just recently... Not to not to knock that Xbox because Xbox has a lot of exclusive... They have a lot of exclusive titles too that like people, Xbox fans are are really excited about. Like that next Halo, I'm sure it's going to bring in money Name another one. I'm not an Xbox head. Exactly. Thank you. Exactly. I bet if we were to go to an Xbox guy and ask him, hey, what Sony exclusive you wish you had? He would tell you. It would be like, well, that Uncharted is cool. That uh, God of War is cool. That Spider-Man looks awesome. You can name games that look really fun, but you know your system won't touch. You know what I mean? And even when they do a side-by-side comparison of graphics and performance and all that, honestly, performance-wise, they don't have much of an edge. If if you believe they have an edge, it's not much of one on the PlayStation. The only thing is... It's the games. It's the games. That's what really sets the systems apart. Because as far as performing-wise, they're going to be pretty neck and neck. It's the games. And right now, Xbox can't compete with the games. However, Xbox just purchased uh, a game development company. And this is a company that developed titles like uh, Fallout and Elder Scrolls, which is huge. Now, a lot of people believe that they're going to turn those titles into uh, Xbox exclusive. But the thing is, those titles are so big and they generate so much money. It's like, do you really want to make those exclusive? Just rake in the cash that those titles can bring and just have developer, because now you have, like, I want to say maybe four development teams under them. Just have one of those development teams come out with a new IP for Xbox instead of just saying, hey, we're going to make, or what they can do is make timed exclusives. You know, uh, you know, Elder Scrolls and Fallout will come out on the, you know, Xbox. What's the new Xbox called? Is it one? What is it called? No. And that's the thing, man. Like, come up with a better system for naming your goddamn system. See, PlayStation did it right. PlayStation 1, 2, Three, four, five. Simple. You got Xbox, Xbox One, Xbox Elite, Xbox Series X, Xbox Series X. Like, come on, like, dude, where's what the fuck? <laughs> you know, it was. I remember when they went back and did Xbox One, and I was like, wait, wait, what? Xbox One came out after the first Xbox. <laughs> it, is, it is what it is. One of the other things that I can tell has been bothering a lot of people is the. Like I said earlier, it's this has kind of felt like a sneaker drop. And the resale culture right now is driving the PlayStation prices sky high. Like I said earlier, $1,400 on eBay right now. And it's and it, because everything is so fucking exclusive, like it, it's so much work to just get one. And I don't know, maybe it was like that when we were younger, but I remember being able to no, get No, it wasn't like that at all, actually. I told my old girl I wanted a PlayStation. My mom got me a PlayStation on for Christmas. Like, like just yeah, flat you out. Can go to the store and pick up one. It wasn't like it is now. And like you're saying, um, the resale culture. And again, we know 
on Twitter, you, I had a little rant about the shoe resale culture. The resale culture is ridiculous. I mean, there's no reason for a new product that isn't, it's not like it's a limited product. It's not like they're only making 12, you know, PlayStation. So if you got a PlayStation, it's going to, you know, it's going to increase in value because they're so rare. Nah, the same guy that's selling it for 1500 if he waits two months, it's back to being, it, matter, it might even be worth less than what he bought it for because now somebody hands done touched it. You know what I mean? They're going to put out more. But the thing is, people wanting to be the first to have one. Everybody. And from what I've understood, like I went on Reddit and I was looking at people talk about, you know, um, the release of this system and how it's being handled. So what some people are doing, they have these quote unquote bots that basically scour the sites or repeatedly refresh and try to purchase it for them. Like it automates all of that. Man, that's tough to compete with. Bots have been killing sneakers app. Like all these shoe releases, like bots have been killing it. And so I knew it was going to happen with the PlayStation. Because if I'm not mistaken, they don't, they don't limit you on how many you can buy. On the PlayStation? Yeah. You can't buy more than one right now. I saw a video where a guy bought like five. I don't know where he got them from. Or in the pre-sale, the, I think the, depending on what site, in the pre-sale, you could get two. Like when, when we were doing pre-orders a couple months ago, when right. it was announced, you could get two. Now, I had a couple reserved, but over time, they oversold and everything and things got taken away. Oh, so, that's what happened to you. So now there's only, you can only buy one console per whatever store, wherever you're going to try and get them. Just because the, the, the number is so limited. It's like they're almost using the, the amount that they're putting out just to drive up the interest. Because let's be honest, all week, me and you have been texting back and forth about the goddamn PlayStation 5. They're right. doing the job. It's just like, like a, a fresh pair of Jordans. Like some Jordan 1s just came out. All of a sudden, we're going to talk about them all week because, hey, did you get them? Damn, I ain't get it. Hey, do you know who got it? Damn, hey, you see they going... We're talking about it right now on the podcast, and neither right. one of us on the PlayStation 5. So, no, but see, unlike yeah. Nike, unlike Nike, we know Sony is going to continue to produce more. Whereas once Nike is sold out of this particular retro style, they're going to pause on it for a good minute, and it'll probably be another couple years go by before they decide to re-release that particular style. And when they do release that particular style, it might be in a colorway that we're not too fond of. To a degree, I can understand the shoes retaining their value. In this case, it's like, come on, man. Just go ahead and put it. Yeah. And again, you plan to be first to play Miles Morales. Like, honestly, I really want the game. I'm tempted to buy it for PlayStation 4. And when I get the 5, just upgrade it. Because they'll they'll give you a free upgrade. So I'm tempted to just do that. Because I really want to play the game. I'll just play it on my PlayStation 4. When the 5 come in. Just upgrade it. But, I don't see the problem. Yeah, but, but you kind of want to see it in all I, its glory, you know? Yeah, because I, mean? I know there's going to be features that I'm not, I'm not going to be able to do on the four that I can do on the five, and I don't want to ruin those experiences for myself. So it's like, you know what? I'm just gonna wait. I don't anticipate getting an actual PlayStation until probably January. Now, yeah. if something happens and I could get one before January, great. But as of right now. That's my realistic goal of, okay, this is probably when it'll be available to me. Right. You know what I did love, though? On Twitter, both 
PlayStation and Xbox both congratulated each other on on their launches. Like they were like really supporting each other. You know, sort of like, you know, we was talking trash back. Right? Well, you know, we weren't trying to talk too negative on the on the Xbox, but what what I like that they're trying to do is kind of bring the little gaming community together regardless. Like, hey, congrats to you, congrats to you. We're not, yeah, we're competitors, but we're not opponents. You know what I mean? Like, we're not trying, I'm not trying to beat you out. You know what I mean? Like, I, I still want my share, but, you know, it's a, there's space in here for everybody. I'm glad they're bringing the gaming community together. Unlike, unlike our next topic. Y'all know we're the Samurai Professionals podcast. We're gonna have to talk politics at some point in the in the in an episode. So recently, Pornhub released its top searches during the election week. This man said politics, then went to Pornhub. <laughs> hey, we talking twenty twenty election. So Pornhub released their top searches for each state during election week. Yo, it is some of the craziest, funny. So we'll start at Washington. Washington hit you with a little classic, little double penetration. Nothing too, nothing too wild. In Iowa, they like yoga pants for us particular for some particular reason. Let um, me ask you this: out of the out of all the states that we're looking at, which one confused you the most? Because there's like four of them right now, and I I don't get it. <laughs> okay. All right, which four are, are bothering you the most? Oregon, succubus. I don't know what a succubus is. A succubus is like succubus. A, my bad. <laughs> I think so. A succubus. It's like a female demon that appears to like seduce men through like sexual activity and stuff like that. Man, I thought a succubus was something from the Witcher video game. It may be. They may have a succubus in Witcher because Witcher is See? based on a lot of supernatural. The second search is succubus Witcher 3. See, I knew it because I had to kill one of these. <laughs> See, uh, that's the succubus from the Witcher game. Right, right. Okay, I'm about to say, I'm like, I know I heard it, but I'm like, I heard it in a video game. What the fuck is a succubus? Okay, so that's what Oregon is into. Hawaii, 808. Explain that one to me. 808 is I was I was like confused about that one too. 808 is actually Hawaii's uh area code. Oh. So maybe they look maybe they looking for They're looking for local. Maybe they looking for maybe like some Hawaiian porn. I I mean maybe they, okay. I appreciate that. They looking okay. I got another one for you. I like I thought I thought uh, West Virginia really liked their BBWs. I thought that I was like, okay, okay, West Virginia, Wyoming, See, that Wyoming like pregnant. That was their top search was pregnant, which is gross. <laughs> hey, don't sit up here and act. Don't sit up here and act because a couple weeks ago you was doing what you had to do, sir. A couple weeks ago, she's still healing. I couldn't do nothing. A couple. Weeks I said ago. a couple weeks before that. Before that, sir. <laughs> Rhode Island likes pegging a real a whole lot. Uh, in South Carolina, they like grandmas. Look up Mississippi. Look what Mississippi likes. Mississippi's number one search is prawn. On Pornhub. So even on the site's logo, they're not even smart enough to spell it right. So I, when I first read it, I was like, what the fuck is prawn? Am I not familiar with what prawn is? And I went and looked it up and, and Google's like, it's the way most people misspell the word porn. So people are 
in Mississippi are actually spelling it wrong. And a girl tweeted earlier when I saw the picture, she was like, I'm not shot by Mississippi. I'm from there. <laughs> like, like, she and wasn't I mean, shot. Seriously, what the fuck, Florida? Florida's number one search thing in Pornhub was Trump. That's why I'm not from there. <laughs> this is why I'm not from. What Who were you looking wants to for? See that. Oh, maybe it's Tiana. The only the only Trump I support is Tiana. But I'm sure that's not why they were looking that up. Nah, they probably don't even know who Tiana is. You know what the funniest one of the funnier ones for me was Louisiana. Hold Louisiana's on, Louisiana's number me. one search. Don't tell me, don't tell me. Let me find it. It's Popeyes. <laughs> Why? Because they, remember that it was that one scene that they did where it looked like it took place in a Popeyes. You don't, you don't remember that one scene? I gotta send it to you. It's famous. <laughs> okay. Hey, Nebraska had wife swap. Utah, of course, Mormon. Like they ain't even trying to look at nothing different. North Dakota is pumpkins. I don't know what they doing in North Dakota, but they need to stop it. <laughs> <laughs> they need to stop it. Shit ain't right. Hey, something going on. Illinois is 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 thought. Dude, South Carolina and Tennessee is grandma and granny. Like they bypass the mothers. They want the mothers, the mothers' mothers. I noticed that those those uh places closest to the DMV were going it like they have a weird obsession with maybe like politics because their number one, like DC's number one thing in Pornhub was vote. In Delaware, they were looking up election in Pornhub in Pornhub uh say vote Alaska was no nut November nah niggas no nut all year you live in fucking Alaska <laughs> the next girl is three towns down dog we keep talking dog every week it seems like we bring up a new porn a new porn situation on this podcast because I was on the little porn search thing I, I came across this thing and it was like oh how people come up with their porn names and shit. So people use like either their middle name or the first pet's name and what street they grew up on. So what would be your your porn name? Dude, my porn name would be so horrible. Now, in Miami, that's really hard because a lot of us grew up on streets that have numbers. The numbers, yeah. So I would just say choose whatever named street slash avenue was near you. Dude, it's possibly the worst porn name ever. It would Go. be Michael Jackson Biscayne. Okay, your first pet's name was Michael Jackson? Yeah. <laughs> Look, man. It was a... Whatever, bruh. It's all good. Explain it. It was a black and white cat. And around... All right, man, you don't get it. No, nah, It was so clever, sorry. bruh. Because of black and white? Yeah, it was around the time you dropped that video. I get it. Don't I had a black and white black cat named white. Michael. I had a black and white cat named Michael too. It wasn't Michael Jackson. Oh, so you do get it then? Oh, I get whatever. it. I get it. <laughs> uh, my cat was named Michael Jackson. Then when we realized it was a girl, we changed her name to Michelle. <laughs> hey, hey, how long, how long y'all ain't know it was a girl though? <laughs> a long time. <laughs> Embarrassingly long. We probably had her for about six months, six to Since eight. She months. came back pregnant. <laughs> Nah, like we never we realized like wait the cat ain't got no balls. <laughs> Maybe it's not a boy. <laughs> uh so 
Your poor name is going to be Jackson Biscayne. That sounds better than Michael Jackson Biscayne. <laughs> That's your poor name. Mine would be, what's the, what's the, Caesar, because that was the name of my first Rottweiler when I was like two or three years old, and Douglas. So it'd be Caesar Douglas. Yeah, that's still better than Michael Jackson Biscayne. No, Jackson Biscayne worked. Like I could, I could see randomly see a Jackson Biscayne. Bwomp, Let me bwomp, ask you this question. Bwomp, bwomp. That's that point. How many music. people do you personally know that did porno? Do I personally know that they're Yeah, that you know them. You've had a conversation with them or you went to school with them or whatever. How many people do you know that you can pull up their porno, uh, a pornography video? Not, not many. You, so you could count on one hand. Bro, I can't, I can't even think of one person who I could pull up their porno video. Really? Yeah. I can pull it up for like four or five people. Four or five people you personally I know? I know, yes. Yeah. Some Did of I them? school with them? No, wait, no, but we did go to school with a person who was putting out like sex ads on Craigslist. We'll talk after the podcast. <laughs> we'll talk after the podcast. And let me rewind. I know that sounds crazy. I was on Craigslist just to see what was on there. I wasn't soliciting oh. nothing. Oh, don't don't try to clear it up now, sir. <laughs> when your wife listen back. So you was on Craigslist doing what? <laughs> Don't try to clear it up now. It is not even recently. It was like back in like 07, 08, some shit like that. But definitely I can I know people who've done it. Um 07, for the most 08? part. I can see you with like a little forty dollars to spare. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't. I was so broke then. <laughs> but the people that did it, they don't know that I know they did it though. Okay. Yeah. I don't know if you went to that one time we went to Centro and we saw a certain somebody who went to middle school and high school with us and they were stripping there. Middle school and high school with us. We'll talk after the podcast. When it comes to stripping, there was a couple of people that went to, to school with us that ended up. I never saw them on stage, but I heard. Oh, no. I saw a couple of people we went to school with strip. This was very <laughs> early on. This is like fresh out of high school. Like, like damn, damn, nigga, you just eight. graduated. Our degree ain't even hung yet, and you, you already out here in the world. I'm out of respect. I mean, I know you. You know, the least I'm gonna do is throw some money your way. Now, at the time, I was 18, so you know, I had like six, seven dollars. I could, I could shoot your way. Get a jungle juice with that. Yeah, something, something, something solid. Something solid. You know, they was eating salt and vinegar chips and hot sausages for breakfast anyway, so that was enough to support their habits. Damn, I'm going to cut that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so the next time we, because apparently we're going to keep talking about porn because it happened like four episodes straight. Yeah, Jackson Biscayne, we have an issue. <laughs> you Jackson Biscayne, I'm going to be Caesar Douglas out here. There you go. Horrible names. <laughs> Those are porn names, though. Jackson Biscayne sounds like a, like a porn nigga. <laughs> Double penetration with Wesley Pipes and Jackson Biscayne. <laughs> <laughs> why isn't he more popular on twitter so much shit he talks you would think that would translate well to twitter that nigga used to talk so goddamn you a hey, pause you ever i'm gonna keep it too <laughs> you ever be watching and you'll be like bro shut the fuck up you gotta put the shit on fucking mute man <laughs> like bro you fucking up everything nigga, i'm he's hard and everything 
I'm here for her, but you talking so goddamn much right now. It'd be a room with six niggas in that shit, and he's just talking to everybody. Like, bruh. <laughs> Making this awkward. <laughs> Why are you having so much conversation with these niggas? <laughs> He'd be doing dirty talking for the next nigga. <laughs> like, what? Hey, he really used to be. All right, man. All right, next topic. Hey, next topic. It's now time for our listener question segment. Send questions to the Samurai Professionals podcast at gmail.com or hit us up on Twitter and Instagram at the Samurai Pros. So our first question comes from, now nah, I ain't going to tell you who our first question comes from. You can give them fake names. Our first question comes from Michelle Obama. Whoa, when I said fake names, <laughs> I didn't mean somebody everybody would know. We don't want, we don't, I don't need no, uh, no defamation. Ah, uh, okay. All right, so our first question is from? Oshel Mamaba. Okay, so what does Oshel have to say? We we'll call her Shelly. Shelly. <laughs> that's, that's horrible, man, take that out. <laughs> No. Okay, but the first question is, are there any risk in life you didn't take and you look back now and wish you did? What are they and why? You want to go first or you or would you like nah, to? No, you, you go ahead and go first. So what are some risks in life that I wish I would have taken and why didn't I take it? One risk I didn't take and I often look back and wonder what would my life would have become if I did take it is um, if I would have went Actually, there's a few, but the one I'm, I'll, I'll just talk about one is <clears throat> when in college around 2008, um, right before the recession hit, I was working as a draftsman, freelance. So I wasn't, wasn't necessarily on anybody's payroll per se as an employee. I was paid per project. So at the time I worked for an architect and an engineer and I would do their drafting and they would pay me. At the time I was making pretty good money. I was making about $800 a week just drafting alone and I also had a part-time job which tells you that drafting didn't take up too much of my time because at the same time I was taking 12 credits uh, that semester nor did it it pay you enough $800 a week for somebody that had no bills that was pretty good money no I'm saying but you had $800 a week and you were still having a part-time job so clearly it wasn't hit all your bills but it was making you was making a little change Oh no, it was hitting on my bills what it was. I was I was spending it so frivolously. Like I was buying shoes and clothes like no tomorrow. At one point, I had about 40 pairs of sneakers in my closet. Like it was ridiculous. Um I spent so much money on LRG. That was my favorite brand at the time. I mean, it made no sense for me to have damn near 40 pairs of jeans and you were the- 50 shirts. You were the king of LRG. Yeah, remember that? Like, dude, it made no sense for me to buy so much clothes. I spent so much money on $200 sneakers and $100 jeans. It was just ridiculous. But anyways, at the time, I didn't know what a recession was. I thought that's how money was going to come in for me from there on out. Like, I only thought things were going to get better. And what I regret not doing was, during the recession, I regret not taking that opportunity and focus on becoming an entrepreneur earlier on. If I often think like if I would have just buckled down and 
and fought for more business and learned the hard way, you know, through trial and error on on how to run a business or how to get something off the ground. Because at that point, I had a lot of support. I mean, I was staying with my mother. I had very little bills. I didn't have much to risk. I just had so much to gain. So if I would have had that entrepreneurial spirit, then I wonder what I would have been now. So I often look back at that moment as like, maybe I should have took a risk. When the money stopped coming in, instead of just saying, all right, I'm gonna just fall back on my part-time job, what I should have did, or sometimes I wish I did, was try to find new clients, try to see, you know, where I, where else can I make, you know, my mark in this business. Um, so yeah, often I wish I would have became, I would have became an entrepreneur a little earlier in life than I did, but I mean, I'm happy with where I am now. Do I feel, thinking back on that moment, do I feel I could be a a lot further along than I am now? Yeah, sometimes I do, but that's just one of the moments that, you know, when I came to that fork in the road, I often think, you know, what my life would have become if I would have made a left instead of that right. Hmm. No, that's dope. That's that's something to like look back on. I, I don't think you consider it like a huge regret in your life, but yeah, I think it it's something that you feel like you, your mind wonders sometimes. Like, hey, where where would I be had I had I went down that road? I, I feel what you're saying. Right. Um, for me, um, it's kind of on a similar similar path. Uh, when I was in school, when I started to go back to school and uh, I finally decided that economics was my actual, this is, this is my path. This is the, the degree I want. I had the opportunity to, to go work for a certain department uh, up in DC. And I decided not to take it um, because at the time I had a girlfriend, I just wasn't really, not just a girlfriend, but I like, I'll have my life here. And I wasn't ready to take that risk, especially not completely fully having a degree and it was a small program. Like it, it probably, I probably could have worked there for like a semester or two. Like it's probably going to run like three to six months. It's been a while since I thought about it. So I can't really say the full details of it, but like, it would have been really cool to what would my life have been if I had gone there and made certain connections. And even if I had to sacrifice the random part-time job that I was in being so comfortable doing what I was doing, had I made that sacrifice and actually gone and pursued this, where my life would be now, you know, would I be living in DC? Would I, where would I be, you know, in my own pockets? Where would I be in life? Like, would I have met this girl or whatever? Like, would I have kids? You know, like sometimes the road not traveled takes you a certain way in your brain. So, right. so yeah, so it, it's in a similar vein as yours. So yeah, there's one of the, there's a risk I didn't take. Why I didn't take it? I had a life here. And I wasn't ready to make that leap yet. No, I get you. I'm not going to say I was scared, but I would say I was comfortable not taking it. Right. And yeah, and I think, you know, you knowing what I... No, you answered yeah. part of the question already. Oh, I did? Okay, I didn't know. Yeah, I you wasn't, said I at the time you didn't have bills, you didn't have this, you didn't have that. Okay, that was I wasn't why sure. You could have done it, but it also, it also is the reason why you didn't have to. You're comfortable. People only make right. changes when they're uncomfortable. Your True. life was pretty set. You were, your your bills are pretty much taken care of. You shot the old girl a little change when you needed to. And guess what? Yeah. You had 
every LRG shirt that ever came out. You had 50 <laughs> pair of jeans. You had 40 stacks of shoes. Like, that's the reason. That's the reason why you didn't take it. You, you didn't need to make a change because you were comfortable with where you were. If I would have did that, I probably would have ended up sticking with architecture. Or who knows? I probably would have. I probably would have stuck with architecture. Went into civil engineering. Um, but who knows? Um, like I said, I'm happy where I am now, and we'll see where this road takes me. Have you ever been to DC? Never. It's a beautiful city, man. You would have liked it. I want to go. DC is hard. When you get when you know, DC is a great city. Like let's say when when you and your girl just want a vacation, DC is a great city for a nice relaxing vibe. Cause there's a lot of stuff you can do for free. Like those museums, dude. If you were to dedicate a day to the museums, in all honesty, you're not gonna see all of it. You see like a third of it. Not even a third. You'll probably get maybe two good museums in. That's it. They're so robust. It's crazy. I did not expect that. The one museum, the only one I really, really, really want to go to, it would be the African American. Like, I definitely want to go there. Dude. To see the slave ship. And I'm sure that shit will fuck with me. Um, It's very somber. Actual slave, like a slave ship built. Yeah. So yeah, I just... no. They have pieces of one, but they have replicas and stuff. Right, right, right. But they have an actual piece that was part of one. Um, and it's crazy because when you walk in, the way it's set up, right, you work your way through the museum from the bottom up. Right. So when you go in in the entrance, you get in this big elevator. Elevator holds, let's say, about 30, 40 people, and the elevator starts to descend. One part of the elevator is glass, and the part that's glass, you see the years start to count down. So it's like, you know, 2010, 2005, you know, 2000, 1990, blah, 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 till you get to when, you know. We got to this bitch. Yeah. And then when you get out, that's what you see. You see the slave ship. You see the piece of it. You see what the shackles look like. And you're reading about these things. Dude, it's a real somber experience as you start to work your way up. Then when you get to more current history, that's when you hear happier shit. That's when you hear the strides we made in, in, you know, music and entertainment. And you hear, you see the stuff we did as far as literature goes, as far as education goes, the the mathematicians. And, and it's like, okay. But on a bottom, man, dude, it's like that Emmett Till uh, exhibit is tough, yo. Because it's his casket. Like, it's, it's his casket. Bruh. Uh. It is hard. Dude, black folks been through a lot in this country, bro. And there's a reason why there's a reason why we ain't cool with half the shit that goes on here. And then my thing is like, like walking through, I be I, I would really want to ask somebody, like a white person, like, do you get it? Like, no, nah, like, do you get it? Get it? Like, do you understand why we feel the way we feel? And part of me feels like a lot of those motherfuckers don't get it. No. But they're from a different world. Like, you understand, their perspective is so fucking different from ours. Even walking through that, like, there's stuff that's ingrained in our, in our DNA and the way we were raised is all based off of that. And the way they were raised is all based off of a whole other set of principles. We, we just will never, not that we never will, it'll be a long time before we see things the same way. That's why the, the, the younger generation, like your kids, 
uh, kids, the, not the millennials, because we're millennials, but the people right after us, the least racist generation ever in this country. Right. And it wasn't until I heard Joe Biden say that, and, and I had already kind of like, that idea had already kind of been cooking in my mind, but he said it, and I was like, Joe, he's, he's fucking right. Like, this is the least racist uh, generation ever in this country. Yeah, because most of the people that do the racist shit are older folks. Except that Kyle Rittenhouse asshole. Racism is taught in the homes. So that yeah. happens. It's like I said, it's ingrained in just their, their principles and the way they bring each other up. So it is what it is. But let me... Uh, all right, Frank. So you read yours. I'm going to read mine. I, here's a question I pulled from the, from the list. It says, it's from a girl. We'll call her... Seance. We'll call her Seance. Seance says, hey guys, I have a question for you and I want your advice. If I ask my husband to do something more than once, he gets upset and annoyed. But if I don't ask him, he forgets to do it. And then I get upset and then we fight. For example, taking out the trash. It's my biggest pet peeve to have trash overflowing in the bin. I tell him in the afternoon and he says he'll get to it. He forgets. He doesn't do it. We get up in the morning. We go rush out of the house. We come home and the trash is in there. And now the kitchen smells. And now here we are arguing again. How do we avoid these petty arguments? Am I wrong for feeling like he's disregarding my feelings by not doing it? And how do how do we avoid this cycle? I feel like this is I feel like this is more of a frank question. <laughs> being the husband on this show. But you see how she took that though. How she said he disregarded my feelings by not doing so. Mm. Did you catch that? Women and men communicate differently. And this is one of the lessons that I'm constantly learning. Because You're surrounded by women? (laughs) Yes. And again, in a relationship, both of you are evolving and learning each other and growing with each other. And one of the hardest lessons I had to learn was how women communicate and how they perceive certain things. this is a big deal to her because, again, she's seeing it as, hey, this is something I care about and I need you to care about it, too. It ain't just the trash. It's more than that. Mm. Yeah, so it, it's not just that. Like, I remember when I went through a similar situation. It was about what I thought was putting down the toilet seat. And it was putting out the toilet seat and one other thing. I want to say it was probably the trash. But, again... to a guy's perspective it seems so small like we just see stuff on the surface and you know when you're when your girl is like hey put the toilet seat down we're looking at it as like why can't you just flip it down that's it's easy just flip it down when you use it but they don't see it that way it's they see it as hey can you do this small gesture to make my life just a little bit easier if you're not mm. willing to do the little things to make my life just a little bit easier, do you really care? That's how it translates to them. So again, he may see the trash being taken out as something small. He, the smell of the trash may not even bother her. Maybe her nose is more sensitive to his. But the thing is for her is, hey, this is an inconvenience for me. I don't like seeing it. I don't like smelling it. Can you can you correct this? And with him, he may have a lot going on. He may be a busy guy. His mind may be a hundred different places. He's not focused on the trash. It doesn't mean he doesn't love her. 
it just means he's not seeing it the way she does. Now, if he were to start to see it as this is bothering her, let me let me be um, an aide or or what's another word? Her hero and you know save her from this uh, situation she'd rather not be in. If he's looking at it like that, he'll be more attentive and take it out the trash. But right now, he's probably just looking at it on just the surface. Like, hey, it's just garbage. So what? It rises above the rim of the lid just a little bit. It ain't killing nobody, so we'll be fine. But that's not how she sees it. So I think that may be a communication issue. So what's really bothering her is not being translated to him or he's just not picking up the 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 subtle signs she's giving him. So my advice for that, if she's looking for advice, would be to try to get him to understand that it's a little bit more than just trash that's bothering you. And maybe when y'all can connect on that level where he can understand, like, okay, it's more than just garbage, then he would be more attentive to doing it. Uh, I, I see that. I see that. It, see, sometimes when you're in relationships, you have the small things are just representations of bigger things going on in the background. Right. That's why when I read the whole disregarding her feeling thing, it was like, okay, now I see how you're taking it. I see how you're looking at it. It's almost like a sign of disrespect. Like he knows something's bothering you and he just, if we're in a relationship, the job is to do our best. Like home should be the most comfortable place in the world for us. And if we're in a relationship and I'm, I'm asking her to do something and she's going to do that for me, that as simple as this trash thing is, it's still something that you could tell it's bothering her because y'all keep arguing about it. If you get to a point where y'all are arguing about it and, you know, in your head, you, because, you know, niggas, we get in our head, but it's like, yo, this is my house too. Like, I don't, I don't need anybody else to tell me what to do. Like, honestly, the trash gonna go out. It, the trash ain't on the floor. What are you complaining about? But the way that women perceive what's going on in that situation, that that little bit of disrespect that she feels you're showing her by leaving it there, like you're in her mind, this is a protest of disrespect. This trash hitting the hitting the rim of the other thing. Now, mind you, if you you might even be able to just mash that bitch down a little bit and give yourself some more space, but it's fine. It's fine. I'm gonna take this half bag of trash out for you. But um I I I I get where she's coming from, but like you said, it's a communication thing. If you can, if you can find a way to articulate, I'm talking to Siance, Siance, if you can find a way to articulate how it is that it's making you feel, and at least show him that it's not just, oh, could you take the trash out? Because that's what husbands do. When you're in a relationship, sometimes gender roles, you kind of feel like certain things that we just accept, but other times it's like. Dog, you could put the trash out too. It ain't gonna kill you to, to like I ain't even asking you to I ain't even asking you to take it out to the road, but you could you could tie that bitch up and throw it in the in the trash can right outside too. Like it ain't it ain't that hard. Or wherever you keep your trash can in the garage or what have you, whatever. So sometimes there is a little bit of defiance in those little simple things. But if you can explain and communicate what your true feelings are, why it's bothering you so much, I think that that may go a long way it'll put more of an impression on his heart to get it done exactly exactly plus marriage from what i hear 
is having the same argument over and over again. So that's on the surface. It's the same argument over and over right? again. On the surface. Underlying it's different issues or it could be different parts of one issue. So everything is not what it seems. Frank, like. Frank, the, the stress in Frank face as he just said that is <laughs> <laughs> is not it's a lot, man. It's and I think I can't speak for everybody, but I know from my experience growing up and not having, you know, uh, not growing up in a house that, that like my parents weren't married, um, not having somebody older, like an uncle or somebody who was in that situation who can kind of mentor me or tell me what to expect and being able, and just learning a lot of this stuff on my own. Like my brother, he got married when he was pretty young. So there was a lot of lessons that, you know, that he didn't necessarily learn when, you know, his marriage, you know, ran his course. And um, even then, I never really talked to him about these things. It was, again, a lot of these things, they're, they're hurt, they're hurtful, and they, they kind of sting and they become emotional wounds that you don't want to open up. So as close as me and my brother are, I never really leaned on him and say, well, you know, this is what I'm going through. Tell me about what you went through. Because I understand, like, hey, that was, emotionally, it was a lot for him. I'd rather not have him relive those traumas for for my benefit. So, again, we don't have these talks with people. We don't, we don't, we don't really know to, where to go for this information. So a lot of this stuff, we, we kind of have to figure out as we go. And sometimes it's, not even sometimes, it's not what you expect. Well, I've learned to um, not rely on expectations. Expectations is what gets your feelings hurt. You go in expecting one thing, and then when it's not what you expect, now you feel like you've been duped. So you learn mm. to try to take every uh, situation for what it is and just do your best trying to understand it. I mean, you've probably asked my wife, she'll probably tell you that you know, what she says goes in one ear, not the other, because I would ask her the same question over and over again. And usually that question is like, are you sure? And it's like, when she's expressing herself, sometimes it's like, I know you're telling me something, but I'm not sure what you're telling me is exactly the issue I should be paying attention to. So what you're telling me, is it actually this that you're upset at? Or have I done something else? And this is the trigger that's causing you to, you know, release distress or whatever. So what should I tend to? Because sometimes I'm busy or I have so much going on that I just may not be seeing what's bothering you. So help me help you. So what is it? So, communication. Communication right. is what's key. So a lot of, like, again, they say it's the same argument over and over. But that's just on the surface. It's not the same argument. Sometimes it's the same straw that could break the camel's back, but it's different. It's different weights on the camel that's causing that camel to suffer. One one day is bricks. The other day is, is pieces of metal. Some days it's just too much hay. Who knows? It's different things. But once that straw falls, the camel back is broken. But what's under that straw may be different each time. So yeah, the straw breaks the camel's back every time, but it ain't just the straw. You gotta pay attention to what's underneath the straw. Well said, well said. All right, man. 
You got anything else you want to bring to the table? Uh, no, nah, man, I'm good. I'm good, boss. All right, so ladies and gentlemen, and those in between and outside of those constructs, this has been another episode of the Samurai Professionals Podcast. I'm your host, Marvin, and the man to the right of me can only be Frank. You can email us at the Samurai Professional Podcast at gmail.com, or you can hit us up on Instagram and Twitter at the Samurai Pros. Hit us up with any questions, comments, or topic suggestions. I highly encourage you guys to do so. It we we enjoy answering your questions and it's a great way to make you a part of the show. You can reach me on Twitter and Instagram at I can only be frank and where can they find you Marvin? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Marvin X Adams. This has been another episode of the Samurai Professionals podcast. Peace. Peace.